Chapter 20 Allot the Land as an Inheritance Ezekiel 45, 1 Focus The Meaning of the Division of the Land Paragraphs 1 and 2 Question A What instructions does Ezekiel receive from Jehovah? Question B What questions will we consider? Ezekiel has just seen a vision that must have made his thoughts travel back nearly 900 years to the days of Moses and Joshua. At that time, Jehovah outlined to Moses the boundaries of the promised land and later told Joshua how that land should be allotted among the tribes of Israel. But now, in the year 593 BCE, Jehovah instructs Ezekiel and his fellow exiles to allot the promised land among the tribes of Israel again. What message did this vision contain for Ezekiel and his fellow exiles? Why is this vision a source of encouragement for God's people today? Will it see a larger fulfillment in the future? A Vision with a Fourfold Assurance Paragraphs 3 and 4 Question A Ezekiel's final vision provided the exiles with what four assurances? Question B In this chapter, what guarantee will we examine? The final vision that Ezekiel received fills nine chapters of his book. It provided the exiles with four heartening assurances about the renewed nation of Israel. What were those assurances? First, pure worship would be restored in God's temple. Second, righteous priests and shepherds would lead the restored nation. Third, Land inheritances would be reserved for all those who would return to Israel. And fourth, Jehovah would be with them, dwelling among them again. Chapters 13 and 14 of this publication considered how the first two guarantees, the restoration of true worship and the leadership by righteous shepherds, would come true. In this chapter, we will focus on the third guarantee, the promise about the inheritance of the land. In the following chapter, we will consider the promise regarding the presence of Jehovah. This land is assigned to you as an inheritance. Paragraphs 5 and 6. Question A. In Ezekiel's vision, what territory was to be assigned? Question B. What was the purpose of the vision of land assignment? Ezekiel 47.14 reads, you will inherit it and receive equal shares. I swore to give this land to your forefathers, and now it is assigned to you as an inheritance. In vision, Jehovah directed Ezekiel's attention to a portion of land that would soon resemble the Garden of Eden. Ezekiel 36, 35 Then Jehovah stated, This is the territory that you will assign as the land inheritance of the twelve tribes of Israel. Ezekiel 47.13 The territory to be assigned was the restored land of Israel, to which the exiles would return. Next, as recorded at Ezekiel 47.15-21, Jehovah went on to describe in detail the precise external boundaries of the whole land. What was the purpose of this vision of land assignment? The description of the precisely measured boundaries reassured Ezekiel and his fellow exiles that their beloved land would definitely be restored. Imagine how that reassurance from Jehovah 
in such detailed and descriptive language must have lifted the hearts of the exiles. Did God's ancient people indeed receive land that was allotted to them as an inheritance? Yes, they did. Paragraph 7, Question A. What events began in 537 BCE, reminding us of what? Question B. What question will we consider first? In 537 BCE, some 56 years after Ezekiel received his vision, thousands of exiles began to return to the land of Israel and take possession of it. Those remarkable events of long ago remind us of a similar development that has been taking place among God's people in modern times. In a way, they too received an allotment of land. How so? Jehovah allowed his servants to enter a spiritual land and take possession of it. That being the case, the restoration of the ancient promised land can teach us much about the restoration of the spiritual land of God's people today. But before we consider these lessons, let us first answer the question, why can we conclude that a spiritual land truly exists today? Paragraph 8, Question A. Jehovah replaced the nation of natural Israelites with what nation? Question B. What is the spiritual land or paradise? Question C. When did it come into existence, and who have settled in it? In an earlier vision given to Ezekiel, Jehovah indicated that prophecies about Israel's restoration would see a greater fulfillment after his servant David, Jesus Christ, began to rule as king. That event occurred in 1914 CE. By that time, the nation of natural Israelites had long since been replaced as God's people by a nation of spiritual Israelites made up of spirit-anointed Christians. Matthew 21.43 reads, This is why I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and be given to a nation producing its fruits. 1 Peter 2.9 reads, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for special possession, that you should declare abroad the excellencies of the one who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. However, Jehovah replaced not only the natural nation of Israel with a spiritual nation, but also the physical land of Israel with a spiritual land or paradise. As we saw in chapter 17 of this publication, the spiritual land is the secure spiritual environment, or realm of activity, in which the remnant of the anointed ones have been worshiping Jehovah since 1919. As time progressed, those with an earthly hope, the other sheep, also began to settle in this spiritual land. While the spiritual paradise continues to develop and expand today, its blessings will be experienced to the fullest extent only after Armageddon. Dividing the Land Evenly and Precisely Paragraph 9, Question What detailed instructions did Jehovah give about the allotment of the land itself? Ezekiel 48.1 reads, These are the names of the tribes, starting from the northern extremity. Dan's portion runs along the way of Hethlon, to Lebo-Hamath, to Hazar-Enon along the boundary of Damascus northward, beside Hamath, and it extends from the eastern to the western border. 
Verse 28 reads, The southern border by the boundary of Gad will run from Tamar to the waters of Meribeth Kadesh, to the Wadi, and on to the Great Sea. After having established the outer boundaries of the land, Jehovah described in detail how to allot the land itself. He directed that the twelve tribal inheritances be laid out evenly and precisely from north to south, starting with the tribe of Dan at the northern tip of the land and ending with the tribe of Gad at the southernmost boundary. Each of the twelve inheritances consisted of a horizontal strip of territory stretching from the land's outer boundary in the east to the Great Sea, or the Mediterranean Sea, in the west. Paragraph 10. Question. What assurances did this part of the vision likely convey to the exiles? What assurances did this part of the vision likely convey to the exiles? The detailed description that Ezekiel gave of the land allotment must have impressed on the exiles that the dividing of the land would be a well-organized project. Moreover, the precise division of the land among all twelve tribes underlined that every one of the returned exiles would receive a secure inheritance in the restored land. No one would return only to end up landless or homeless. Paragraph 11 Question. What lessons can we draw from the prophetic vision of the land allotment? What strengthening lessons can we draw from this vision today? The restored promised land had a place not only for the priests, the Levites, and the chieftains, but also for all other members of the twelve tribes. Similarly today, the spiritual paradise has a place not only for the anointed remnant and for those among the great crowd who take the lead, but also for all other members of the great crowd. The footnote reads, For a consideration of the special place and assignment that Jehovah has set apart for the priesthood and the chieftain in the spiritual land, see chapter 14 of this publication. End of footnote. No matter how modest our role in the organization may be, we have a secure place and a valuable assignment in the spiritual land. What a heartwarming assurance. Two significant differences. What do they mean for us? Paragraphs 12 and 13. Question. What specific instructions did Jehovah give about assigning the tribe's shares in the land? Some of Jehovah's instructions about the allotting of land might have puzzled Ezekiel because they differed from those that God had given Moses. Consider two such differences. One has to do with the land, the other with its inhabitants. First, the land. Moses had been instructed to give the larger tribes more land than the smaller ones. However, in Ezekiel's vision, Jehovah gave specific instructions to assign all tribes equal shares, or each like his brother. Footnote. Ezekiel 47.14 Thus, the distance from the northern border to the southern border in a tribal inheritance was to be exactly the same in each of the twelve allotments. All Israelites, no matter which tribe they belonged to, would have equal access to the natural bounty that the well-watered promised land was capable of producing. Paragraph 14. Question. 
How did Jehovah's instructions regarding the foreign residents go beyond what had been stated in the Mosaic Law? Second, the inhabitants. The Mosaic Law protected foreigners and allowed them to share in worshiping Jehovah, but they had no share in the land. However, what Jehovah now told Ezekiel went beyond what he had stated in the law. Jehovah instructed him, Give the foreign resident an inheritance in the territory of the tribe where he has taken up residence. With that command, Jehovah swept away a major difference between the native-born Israelites and the foreign residents in the land. Ezekiel 47:22 and 23 In the restored land that Ezekiel saw in vision, he observed among its inhabitants equality and unity in worship. Paragraph 15. Question. What eternal truth about Jehovah was confirmed by his instructions about the land and its inhabitants? These two remarkable instructions that Ezekiel received about the land and its people must have reassured the exiles. They knew that Jehovah would allot an equal place to them, whether they were Israelites by birth or were foreigners who worshipped Jehovah. These instructions also confirm the uplifting and eternal truth that to Jehovah all his servants are equally precious. Haggai 2.7 reads, And I will shake all the nations, and the precious things of all the nations will come in and I will fill this house with glory, says Jehovah of armies. Today, whether we have a heavenly hope or an earthly one, we cherish that same truth. Paragraphs 16 and 17. Question A. How do we benefit from considering the details about the land and the inhabitants? Question B. What will we consider in the following chapter? How do we benefit from considering these details about the land and the inhabitants? We are reminded that equality and unity need to be outstanding features of our worldwide brotherhood today. Jehovah is not partial. We need to ask ourselves, do I reflect Jehovah's impartiality? Do I treat each fellow worshiper with heartfelt respect, no matter what his racial background or circumstances in life may be? We rejoice that Jehovah has given all of us equal access to the spiritual paradise, where we render whole-souled sacred service to our Heavenly Father and enjoy His blessings. Let us now consider the fourth assurance given in the final part of Ezekiel's last vision, the promise that Jehovah would be with the exiles. What lessons can we learn from that promise? We will find the answer in the following chapter. Your Place in Pure Worship 1. Why do you believe that a spiritual paradise exists today? 2. Why can you be sure that you have a secure place and a valuable assignment in the spiritual paradise? 3. What does the prophetic vision of the land allotment teach you about Jehovah?